Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Well, good evening, brothers and sisters. Um, thank you for joining me for day six of our Holy Week retreat. Can't believe it's already Good Friday. It seems like only yesterday that we begun on, on Palm Sunday. Uh, probably because the gospel was very similar. You know, just as on Palm Sunday, today we also at, at not at Mass, because there's no Mass on Good Friday, but at the, at the liturgy, or the, or, or the name of it is the celebration of, of our Lord's Passion. We also read um, the, the Passion narrative, but, but from, from John's Gospel. So let us just begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. This prayer that I will read and pray with is the um, is a prayer that we um, prayed at the beginning of the liturgy for for today. O God, who by the passion of Christ your Son our Lord abolished the death inherited from ancient sin by every succeeding generation, grant that just as being conformed to Him. We have borne by the law of nature the image of the man of earth, so by the sanctification of grace we may bear the image of the man of heaven, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good evening again. You know, Good Friday is always, um, it's, it's a day that we, 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 we come with, with, yes, heavy hearts because of, of, of the great tragedy of the great um, horror, really, you know, just just before this, I had um, a, a seminary brother of mine who was over, and we were watching part of the Passion of the Christ, and it just it it moves us to 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 really see how much Christ endured for us, how much he really suffered, um, and it's not just you know he was God, and so he didn't feel the pain; he felt the pain, he felt it. And just knowing that that he's God, and yet he was willing to endure all that for what? For our salvation. And so, yes, today we come with a heavy heart, but also on the same side, I mean, on the same coin, but on, on the other side is also a sense of gratitude and thankfulness to God for his great love for us. So, yes, there's sadness. But also, there's also um, gratitude. So let's dive right into the first reading. Again, it's more on, on the suffering servant from Isaiah. And the first line, see, my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted. Now, remember, Isaiah wrote this 
before, during, and after um, the exile. And within it, there was this figure, this mysterious figure of the suffering servant. And of course, we again, we now know that it is Jesus. But, but this was a few hundred years before our Lord um, came into human history, came, into, came onto earth. And this is what the suffering servant is described to be like. This is, this is what God said. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted. The cross, right? Our Lord was raised high and he was exalted because what was the last thing that we heard in today's passion narrative. So I'm going to jump forward just for now to show you the how this ended was that, let me see. An eyewitness has testified, and it says when it's true, he knows that he is speaking the truth so that you may also come to believe. But we, but we also know that in the, in the other accounts, that the soldier who thrust the lance into the sight of Jesus said, truly, this was the son of God. I forget if, if it's Mark. I mean, if, if, if it was Matthew or, or someone else, one of the four evangelists has said that in, in, their, um, in their accounts, that, that the soldier um, exalted our Lord, although he was in such a, I mean, he was dead. He was dead by then, but yet um, it was that tragedy, that ho horrific um, journey that that brought that Roman soldier to belief. And what I have here is just more from the psalm that really describes our Lord's passion, right? Even as many were amazed at him, so marred was his look beyond human semblance that he was so um, beat up that he didn't look like a man. He was so beaten up that he looked disfigured, right? Because of him, King shall stand speechless. Right? After his, his, his resurrection, anyone who would come, you know, they, 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 they could not believe that, that, that this, this man, Jesus, came back from the dead and is a cause for our salvation. For those who have not been told shall see. Those who have not heard shall ponder it. And isn't that the first movement of conversion? Maybe even for us, we haven't, we were not there in 33 AD, Jerusalem, but yet we've, we've been told and we have come to see that our Lord is the son of God. And yet, and again and again, every year we ponder this and perhaps every day we ponder upon the word of God. Moving forward. Now, this is what I have for my daily reflection today. Though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter or a sheep before the shearers. He was silent and opened not his mouth. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away. And who would have thought any more of his destiny, right? That to the Jews then and to the Romans who were there, 
this was done. Whatever Jesus got going on, his, his little movement, his little rebellion, his cult, it was done. I mean, look at him. He was being half dead, crucified, and finally he died, right? So who would have thought any more about him? No one, because no one would have ever thought that the Son of God would take on our human nature. Not only that, but would suffer and die the death of a criminal. And there's more. And that he would rise from the dead, definitively conquering sin and death once and for all. Who would have thought? No one. Yet, that's what ha happened, right? And that's why you and me were here. If Jesus did not suffer, die, and rise, we should not be here talking about this, right? But because he did, because he did year after year, as he told his disciples at the Last Supper, we do this in remembrance of him. So that's as much as the psalm. I mean, it, it's in, I'm not, I'm sorry, not psalm. It should, it, it should say Isaiah. Uh, I, I, I don't know why it says psalm here. It should be Isaiah 52, 53. Um, so, so that's as much as the first reading that I would like to um, um, really go into. But of course, all of it is beautiful. Um, I will not speak on this responsorial psalm tonight because I have um, in, in, in the seven last words um, that I did earlier today, but also because it will fall in place in, in the gospel. Okay? So before the gospel, also there is a second reading from a letter of, uh, to the Hebrews that now... We're not exactly sure who the author is. It's not St. Paul. We, we, it, it strongly, it strongly believed that it's not St. Paul who wrote this um, letter because of the style is, is very different. But whoever the, the author is um, gives us sort of like a, um, it's very priestly. It's very, very priestly and very liturgical even. And so... I have th uh, four points here that I wanted to bring out and point out from that letter to the Hebrews. First, the author tells us that, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us, our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every, yay, every way, yet without sin. Right? That we have a king, a high priest, a lord, and a savior who knows exactly what it is that we're going through. He's been tested in every way by the devil. And yet, he was without sin. So brothers and sisters, whatever it is that is going on in our lives that is causing us ang anguish or agony, or maybe even doubt or despair, we're not alone because Jesus knows. He knows what it is like to be mistreated. He knows what it is like to be not believed 
in and doubt it. He knows what it feels like to be seemingly abandoned, to be to when when all of his best friends flee in his time of need. He knows how you feel. He knows how we feel when we are in the depths of our pain and suffering because he was there. He was there. And he wants to assure us that they were never alone. They were never alone. Moving on, we hear that our Lord, son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Though he was a son of God, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Brothers and sisters, we will never live a life that is apart from suffering. I'm sorry to tell you that. And I'm sure you, you attested that yourself now too, that, that there is life is not possible. Um, I'm sorry. Um, a life without suffering is not possible, right? Because if we love, if we ever try to love or have loved in the past or, or, am, or are loving now, we know there's pain. We know there's suffering because love brings about what? There's pain. There's hurt. Because those who we love somehow is bound to, 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 to hurt us in, in some way. Not because something that they may have done, but because maybe in loving, maybe we expect to be loved back. We expect to be treated in a similar way. But when we don't, when that doesn't happen, we feel pain. Or if for, for parents or for people who have um, younger siblings or nieces and, and nephews, you love your children, you love your nieces and nephews, you love your siblings. And sometimes when they do things that are not right, when they do things that they know are wrong and yet you have told them to not do, it hurts. It hurts. And it's painful. But yet there's pain because there's love. Right? The only reason why there's sorrow is because there was joy. The only reason why there is suffering, intense suffering as our Lord on the cross, was because there was an infinite, infinite depth of love. So indeed our Lord learned obedience from what he suffered. That, you know, our Lord, was obedient. You know, some people think that Jesus knew everything ahead of time. But but that that's not the case, right? Because if that's the case, why would Jesus agonize in the garden? Asking the, his father to take away the cup. Why would he sweat so much intensely that it was like drops of blood? 
Jesus did not know everything um, in the way that we might think, oh, he's, he's God, so he, he already knows. Maybe in his divine nature he, he did, but in his human nature, he was fully human, so he suffered. He suffered. He was anxious. He was scared. He was, but yet, throughout all that, he was obedient. He was obedient because he knew that God will see him through. He knew that the Father has a plan that will never fail. And so he was obedient all the way to the cross. Brothers and sisters, to follow Christ and to live a life that is that is called Christian, you will entail pain and suffering. And sometimes we do not know why we suffer. Sometimes we do, we, we do not know why it is that we need to experience the difficulties and trials when we're just trying to do what we think is right, what we're told to do. And sometimes when we ask the Lord that, the only reply we get is silence. And it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, I know. But don't forget that our Lord was the same. He experienced the same thing, right? You know, not, you know, in, um, in the different accounts of the agony in the garden, only one accounts, I, I think only one of, one of the accounts have an angel come to him. The others, um, Jesus was left by himself in his prayer. And so, so sometimes that suffering will, will, will meet the silence of God, right? And it's not because God chooses to abandon us or, or because he wants us to feel pain, no. Be, but, be, but sorry, because precisely in that silence, there is an answer. Just like how we have here, like a lamb led to the slaughter or a sheep before his, the shearers, he, who, he was silent and opened not his mouth. He was harshly treated, but yet he submitted and opened not his mouth. Why? Not because he was in despair, but because there was a faith and confidence in God that words cannot um, fill, that words cannot explain. So sometimes, brothers and sisters, when we experience that, that absence of God or the silence of God, it might be, it, it probably is a grace, a grace for us to grow deeper in our trust in God, but also a deeper, um, to, a grace to grow deeper in our desire for him, Right? It is only when we are without something do we come to long for it. So, so perhaps that could also be why sometimes our Lord allows us to feel his absence so that we may come to, 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 to grow a deeper desire to be with him even more so. And... Now we'll get into the gospel, which is 
um, very hard, very hard to, to read because of the difficulties that our Lord went through. But, but this is the way by which our salvation was won. So a few things here. Now, I, of course, I didn't put everything up because it, it, it would be like many slides, right? So I would just point out and read a few things that I would like to share with you in the time that we have remaining about seven minutes before we do our meditation. So a few things I would like to point out is that um, when the soldiers or the chief priests asked Jesus, um, I'm sorry, when Jesus asked him, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus, the, the Nazarene. Jesus, Jesus says, I am. And multiple times we hear them falling back or falling to the ground when they hear Jesus says, I am. And that is because what Jesus was saying was that he was saying, I am who am. Jesus was answering to them that he is God. He is Yahweh. And so they were taking it back. They were taking it back. And yet Jesus affirms. He affirms that he is God. Giving, really giving them um, more evidence in, in their minds, the charge of blasphemy. But yet Jesus, even, even when misunderstood, he never shies away from his truest identity, which is God, which is the son of God, which is I am. That even in, he, he knows that even if he were to say that, which he did, he would be arrested and, and, and would suffer intensely, he didn't shy away from it. He still said, I am. I am him. He could have said, no. He, he could have said, well, I, I don't know who Jesus is. He's someone else. I'm not him. But no, he said, no, I am. I am. I am who, you, who, you, who you're looking for. And, th and that's a lesson for us, brothers and sisters. When we were faced with judgment, or persecution, will we deny that we are Christian? Do we maybe in a gathering of colleagues or at a conference for work or school, do we try to hide our, our faith so that there won't be any um, trouble, quote unquote? Or do we proudly say, no, I am, you know, you know I, I'm Christian, I'm Catholic. And of course, um, within the proper um, proper venue, not not you know just in the middle of a of a science symposium. Oh, I'm Catholic, by the way, right? No, of course. I mean, when the time if, if the time comes, if the chance is given, will we deny our faith? Will we hide it? And hopefully, we will not, because if we do, we did what Peter did. And, the, and we deny Christ. Because when we hide who we are, when we hide our truest identity as the beloved sons and daughters of God, if we hide that and deny that before others, we're denying God. We're saying what Peter said that night. I do not know him. I do not know him. So hopefully we will not. The next thing I would like to bring out is 
um, when the, the, the Jewish people brought Jesus to Pilate, um, he asked, they asked him to crucify him. And crucifixion was the mode of execution for the worst possible criminal. And yet that's what the Jewish chief priests wanted. They wanted our Lord dead to be nailed to a cross so that he can never rise again, so that he can never do what they think was blasphemy. And so, but this brings to mind a few things, and, and, and not just that, but there are a few times when, when Pilate was trying to free, trying to free Jesus, the chief priest and the high priest said a few things. He says, listen, he says, um, uh, there you go. If you release him, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. What are the Jews doing here? What are the leaders of the Jewish people doing here? They did what the kings did um, in, the, in Israel. They made pacts with foreign powers instead of trusting that God would deliver them. Here we see again the cycle of repeated sin that the Jewish leaders once again rather turn to the political powers around them for security to get what they want than to trust in God who is literally before them. And Jesus today, by this act of surrender and obedience, breaks that cycle. Even more, look, look what look what the Jew said. We have no king but Caesar. They are pronouncing Caesar as their king. Where is God? Where is Yahweh? Where is Elohim Adonai? Where, where is God? Caesar is their king. And so Jesus has to show them the way. Jesus has to show them that Caesar is not the king. And so he picks up his cross, he embraces it, and he goes on. Um, I'll just speak, I'll touch briefly on some of the, themes that I mentioned in the seven last words is that at the, at the foot of the cross, we see, we see here in this picture, um, Jesus gives to Mary John, and he entrusts Mary to John, or, and he, trust, he entrusts John to Mary, right? Giving 
making sure his mother is taken care of, making sure his apostles is being taken care of. And that is why we call Mary our mother, because our Lord gave her to John and by extension to all of us. That even as he was dying, even as he was dying, he wanted to make sure that we were taken care of. That's love. That's sacrifice. That is bringing the will of the Father to perfection. And one final thing here is that we see here in the side of our Lord, there's when, when the soldier pierced into his side, water and blood flowed out, right? And that symbolizes the sacraments. This symbolizes the birth of the church, right? Think about, now this is very rich. Think back to Genesis. Adam and Eve. In one of the two accounts of creation, the man is put into a deep sleep. And, and Jesus and God formed man out of the rib, the side of Adam. He formed Eve, making her the bride of Adam, right? And in the same way now, the second Adam, the new Adam, from his side comes the church, comes the birth of the church. Hence, we are called the bride of Christ. That this new Adam, Jesus Christ, undoes, I'm sorry, undo, undoes the disobedience of Adam by his obedience. So now let's just take two minutes for reflection and prayer. You know, as our Lord was placed in the tomb, we can just imagine what the disciples were feeling, what Mary was feeling, what his friends were feeling, needing to lay down their her son, their friend, and, and closing the tomb and, and going away, burying him. What, what must they have felt? This intense pain, intense sadness. So, brothers and sisters, I offer to you this, these questions for reflection. What are some things that I need to allow to be nailed to the cross? What are those sins? What are those bad habits? What are those, um, those um, unchristian things that we need to put an end to? And what are the things that we need to bury into the tomb with the Lord so that the, this huge boulder can, can cover it? Put any pain, any suffering, anything that gives you anxiety, put them in the tomb with the Lord and let the giant rock cover it so that our Lord with his resurrection can transform those things into something that will give us life. Let's just take two minutes now to meditate.
All right. Let us close with prayer. And um, I'm sorry, this is a bit rushed. There was uh, so much that I wanted to to um, to share with you. And there's still a few things that I didn't get to, but because of the time constraint with the, with the, with the meeting here, um, it, it would cut me off. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I, I'm, I'm gonna close with prayer and then I'm going to stop the meeting and then start it again for anyone who has any questions or any um, comments or anything like that, okay? Okay, so let's pray. Father, look with love upon your people, the love with which our Lord Jesus Christ showed us when he delivered himself to evil men and suffered the agony of the cross. For he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining me for day six of our Holy Week retreat. Um, tomorrow is the last day of our Holy Week retreat, ending with Holy Saturday. And I believe that that's at two o'clock, I think. Um, but be, be, before I close for today, I just wanted to read for you um, the little three sentences that, that, that I wrote um, for, um, for, you know, today's message. You know, so if, if there's anything that, that I would like myself and anyone else to know about Good Friday, it will be this. Today, our Lord, after having been scourged, crowned with thorns, pushed to the ground, and having fallen under the weight of the wood of the cross, he stretches out his hands, and as nails are being driven in, he bridges heaven and earth and closes the gap that divides God and man. And as he breathes his last and commends his spirit into the hands of his father, he breathes into us, into the church, his very breath, the breath of life. In his dying, Jesus gives us life. Thank you again for joining me. I pray that you are having a very good Paschal Triduum. And again, I will close this meeting and I will restart it in case there's anyone who would like to come back, hop back on to um, share your thoughts. Okay, so I want to stop it right now. So for those who are just watching this, you probably won't get the second part. So um, until next time, God bless you. And Mary keep you always. For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at www.belovedsonministry.org.